Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Law of Attraction Roundtable. I'm Gary Temple Bodley, and today I have a new guest, someone I have not met before. I've just been introduced to her because she'll be on the channel panel. That's the upcoming live streaming event we're doing on December 19th and 20th. I'm with Jennifer Wan. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, everyone. Hi, Gary. Nice to finally meet you. Yeah. <laughs> Great cool. to be here. So you are a fellow channel and what I love to do is talk to other channels and see where you are and how you started and what you're channeling and what the uh, information that's coming through you is and, and how that relates to Joshua and all the other channels that we talk to. So um, how old are you? I am 29 years old. Yeah, so that's <laughs> relatively young. I didn't start till I was 50. So, so oh. when did you start channeling? I started channeling in the form that we understand channeling um, in the container of the Akashic Records since uh, late February of this year. Wow, recently. Yeah. And, and how, did, how did it start? Yes, so hmm, I would say it began, well, to give you background, of who I am to yeah. give you context first. I uh, am a dancer. I am a singer. I also write music and poetry. And uh, since I was in high school, I've been a very performative spirit. Yeah. And um, I have a background in linguistics in college. And I was fascinated with how people communicate and how there's this universal underlying understanding of fundamental way of communicating that I wanted to capture through mm. linguistics and learn how to do. Wow. And so with that background, uh, two years ago, I came out of a five-year-long relationship. And at the same time, uh, my job of two years, it came to an end. So everything that I thought would be a forever kind of kind of swept me. Um, my, the rug was pulled out from under me. And so okay. my foundation was. So that was when you were like around just turning 28 then. The uh, 27, was, 28. Right, right, right. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And that was in the Bay Area. Um, I was working at Facebook. And so everything was kind of set. And I had my life together and <laughs> everything was in a frame and everything was great. And when that happened, when the breakup happened abruptly, there was no closure. I, within myself, there was this inner voice telling me that I have to radically just be authentically myself and not mm. try to protect anyone or fit into anything, to mm. be a certain anything. I just wanted to radically feel what it feels like to self-express radically. Yeah radically I wanted to experiment with that for myself too and so through just honoring that uh, about a year after it led me to a meditation circle and uh, through that meditation circle it was a cacao tea ceremony I didn't know what to expect and at the end of the cacao tea ceremony the host Alyssa Raw she um, offered Akashic Record group reading. And I didn't know anything about Akashic Records. And so when she started the prayer of intention, which is about like a minute long, she says a long prayer. And then she asks everyone to share any questions they have about anything. And then I, while she was saying the prayer, I felt this immense, potent presence it's kind of like the feeling of reverence when you feel when you enter like a Catholic church, like when you, have, when you know you have to like quiet your voice, that presence. And there was something about it that I, that I felt was mm, something I wanted to explore. And so uh, a few months later, uh, she travels a lot all over to do healing work with the cacao tea ceremony and Akashic Record reading. And when she was in California again, and she was visiting this area, uh, she was thinking about doing a training session for people to open up the Akashic Records themselves. And so she wanted to use videography to help present her information. 
And I, since I also do videography um, and we have a mutual friend, she connected with him and I got connected with her. And because of that, the offering was offered to me and it was kind of like a synchronistic flow. Yeah. And so what I recognized in that moment was while the training lasted for three months and we met uh, at least three times a week on Zoom, like an hour and a half each for the training, it was more of gauging the presence of how to gauge what is from ourselves versus the Akasha. Yeah. Um, it was just something that made sense to me because I'm so into like documenting my process and sharing that process. And it was very similar, but in a spiritual realm. Like I was, cause I also document a lot of people's processes and share it through video and through music and through movement. And so, yeah, that's how I got into channeling in the container of the Akashic Records. Wow. Are you familiar with the Akashic Records? Oh, well, I was going to ask you, my, my knowledge of that is just, you know, uh, offhand what people have talked about it and I've formed a, an idea of what it is. But yes. what Joshua would say that, that, it's the, um, they would call it the tapestry of all perspective. So it's, so it's every perspective that's ever been lived in every moment of any existence in physical reality. Yes. Right. And so it's valuable. This is why everyone is valuable because everyone comes with, you know, and experiences unique perspectives in every moment of their life. And without each individual's perspective, the tapestry of all that is would be, would have holes in it. And so that's why everyone's experience is valuable in that. And then, so tell me more about the Akashic Record. So the Akashic Records, I didn't explain what it was. So the way I understood it was uh, it's it's like a Google search, right? Because yeah. all of the infinite possible timelines exist in this ether. Does it include future too? Yes. Okay. Because the way I understand reality now, which has shifted through my unfolding of this channeling journey, is that every frame, every second, every moment is of the now. Right now, we perceive reality as right now, mm -hmm. the present. Right. So when we think about the past or the future, we can refer to it, but we don't see it as being a part of this. Right. But everything exists in this now. And so the Akashic Records is the ether where all of this information is stored. And we can all access it. Everyone can access it, even without the container of the Akashic Records. You could access this, these informations if you get into a gamma state, when you get into a meditative state. Mm -hmm. And you trust that anything that comes through in that moment, through your energetic resonance of when you ask a question to yourself. Right. When you get like that gut instinct or you get like a sign or you hear something or you see something that is the Akashic records that you're tapping into. Okay. And so the way I understand it is from all the infinite timelines and the past, present, future, everything in that space. If uh, someone, when my clients ask me or my friends ask me questions in that space, Whatever comes through to me, which at first came through through visuals, it's kind of like when uh, you watch like the TV screen or yeah. your computer and you close your eyes really quickly and you see the outline of it. It's kind of like that. I see visuals and then about like two weeks after the training of gauging, I started to hear things, but it's not like an actual auditory hearing. It's, it's, uh, it's almost like uh, I can... I feel inside, but it's a hearing inside yeah. and then I share it. And then now it's progressed to the form of channeling where I'm exploding. Like I don't even have any right. thought or sensation. It just explodes. Like I yeah. have to, and I don't even know what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, and that's how I am too. Yeah. yeah. So it's been quite the journey. It's so, it feels so good <laughs> to channel. <laughs> So like, the yeah. idea from, from Facebook, yeah. just for, for that idea, yeah. that existed and then Zuckerberg just tapped into it. Right. He right. was the vessel that was able to tap into it and 
focus on that particular right. idea and know that it's already something viable. Yeah. That, yeah. So he was able to do that. And so a lot of people may have had that idea, but they couldn't focus on it enough to bring it into physical reality in that form. Right. Right. Which is interesting because then you say, well, prior to that, someone had MySpace. So then the MySpace idea had to come first so that the Facebook idea could come. And then whatever ideas come after this in every single aspect is because someone has become a vibrational uh, match to that idea. And the idea could come through, but most of our ideas we don't even act on because they sound so outlandish or we project them out into the future. We say, no, we could never do that or that's never going to work. Or they tell it to a friend and the friend says that's a stupid idea because they're not a vibrational match to it. You know? Yeah. Right. Which yeah. is completely fine because everyone brings it's, it's kind of, then the question is, Oh, hummingbird, <laughs> hummingbird. Oh, then the question is, is there free will that because everything is already, but I believe, but that's the beauty of infinite possibilities. Everything already exists. Yeah. So the free will is, I have the idea, will I do it or not? Will I push past the fear to act on this idea or not? That's your free will. Will I say yes to it or no to it? That's the free will, you know? But you've gotten to that vibrational spot where you're receptive, you become the conduit of this non-physical love-based idea and it's coming through you. Maybe you don't even recognize it, but it's there for you. And it's only there for you because somehow you become a vibrational match to the idea, which starts out saying you have to have a need for it or a desire for it. So the desire is this catalyst to get you to a place where you are receptive to these brilliant ideas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And then the beauty of synchronicity comes in the art of uh, the art of synchronicity. And what's the art of synchronicity? The art of synchronicity is in hindsight you recognize, oh, that was the that was why I met that person, or right. oh, that's why that happened because right. I have to be here. Yeah. So. So we can look at our whole lives at every single moment of lives and say that moment was perfect because it led to the next moment, the next moment, the next moment. And we went with enough inspiration to find the things that brought us joy. And then the things that don't work in our lives that we perceive don't work is because we're resisting that journey to this evolution of who we are. Right. It's beautifully put. Mm -hmm. So what's the purpose of us receiving this information? The information of whatever we receive. Yeah. Why do we receive it? What's the purpose of it all? How come there's so many channels now? And how come all of the channels messages are in agreement? We are all tapping into the universal truth of unconditional love and light. And the veil, the so-called veils are very thin. And those that are not in the receptive mode of channeling or those that are not familiar with this form of connecting with our purest version of ourselves there is something that people can see and feel when i um i don't know if i go to the grocery store and i just go to the go to buy my chocolate bar and i just say hi like how's your day going so far and people just kind of lighten up there's something about resonance and i think that's the beauty of the law of attraction right i think um, for me, like, I don't call it law of attraction. I call it resonance. It's all about resonance, the frequency of our vibration, yes. meaning like our presence. Yeah. And so there's something, even though there are different perspectives of how it comes out and the underlying everyone is operating from unconditional love. So right. this, what I always say is that everyone can channel and channeling's right. like singing. Everyone can sing. Right. Some are naturally talented and it comes to them. Some have to learn it and some will never think they're a good singer, but they still could sing. Mm -hmm. uh, what I think that all this information is leading us all to is that we all have 
that inner voice, our inner selves connected to us, that is the guidance of pure love. And that when we stop looking outside of ourselves for direction and start looking inside, that's when everything becomes effective. When we become, we become a match to our inner selves and that information start living in love rather than in fear. Right. Do you think there's something special about this time, 2020 or? I do or, think so. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would have to say so. It seems like it, right? Yeah. It's just the narrative is so obvious yeah. how everyone has this time to universally go through something altogether, quarantine. Yeah. And a great awakening, you know, this is, this is the awakening to the fact that you are essentially a being of love and you're the creator of your reality, which is your universe and that you can create it any way you choose. But that's sort of when you say you can create it any way you choose is saying that you want to direct the creation rather than to allow the creation. Yeah. So that the that that like if I look back at myself, <clears throat> so I you know my whole life was a series of events that led me to seek proof of my worthiness or validation from outside, trying to make things happen and be successful and rich and all that, and live this life that I always espoused to, which is a standard Western success-driven life that failed, and then I had to start all over, and then somehow I had a huge inspiration to start meditating. And it was just a series of random podcasts and interviews that I saw other famous people meditate. So I said, I'll meditate. And by that time I had found Abraham. So I was, so I had those Abraham meditations that I couldn't do. So I just started doing them and very quickly Joshua came through. But to look at who I was seven years ago to who I am now, completely different person. I have awoken to who I am from the illusion of this other person's other version of Gary. Yet that other version of Gary was always at the right place at the right time, leading to this incarnation and nothing else could have happened differently. It had to happen exactly that same way. So looking back, you can say, oh yeah, that's had to happen. And all I did was go along with enough of it you know, all I did was, yes, I will act on this inspiration to meditate, right? And that led to all this. So I had to say yes enough along the way. And I'm wondering if, you know, you look at that life now and it's as if it was already written and I'm living the story, going along with the fun parts of it and resisting the parts that I, from a limited perspective, thought were painful, you know? Yeah. Now having more clarity to see that I never had to be in resistance to any of it. I could have lived a pure life of joy, yet had I lived this pure life of joy, possibly I wouldn't have been here now, you know? So it's like, oh my God. It's like so how do we how do we live in love now? And what what would even be the purpose of that? To be in our natural state. Yeah. To to unshackle ourselves from the conditioning of what others say is the way you should live right whether it's through family or through school institutions or what do your what does your family think of you now compared to when you were working at facebook Mm, so i have very loving parents they're very traditional korean parents and because they knew that I was going through a breakup, I moved back home actually. So I was in the Bay Area, and, which is in nor- Northern California, like near San Francisco, in San Jose. And um, because I wanted to, for, like, I wanted to heal and just feel my center again and reground myself and start new, I wanted to go back to my roots. So I moved back in with my parents, which was another series of clashing yeah. and yeah, um, they have seen me uh, transform, heal myself. I started uh, doing more dance-related things. I've uh, most recently I was in a music video. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> uh, and 
they are very, from, from where they're at, they're really trying to understand why I have to do breath work. Cause I always say like, Oh, I have to go to a meditation group and I have to do this for myself. And they are traditionally um, Christian. Yeah. And so it's kind of different. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there was clashing in the beginning, like a lot of clashing. Um, but right now, like we're all, everyone's where they're at and everyone understands that. So with my, cause I do my zoom uh, channeling sessions with uh-huh. my clients here in the patio. Cause yeah. I like to sit outdoors. And um, at first they were a bit scared. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> I, and I don't even, I know how to speak Korean, but I don't know how to communicate what I'm doing in Korean because my Korean is because I was born and raised here. I don't have like the technical spirituality terms of Korean that I can share with them. And so I just share that it's breath work and that I'm uh, holding space for others to share. And we're just meditating and breathing together. <laughs> but um, they've been very supportive. Have they watched you channel? They haven't. My mom, because I, for some of my Akashic Record collective reading channeling, I've posted on youtube yeah. she's my biggest fan um she watches it and she just shares i don't know what you're saying but you don't seem like yourself but your voice is very nice yeah <laughs> so she, from where she's at she's very understanding wow um, that's great at first she was really scared though she's like why are you going to these dark rooms with orange tapestry and what is this like uh-huh. what are you doing yeah. but um so there was a lot of heart break in that too because it felt like she wasn't trusting me and my decisions and there was that but now it's everyone's understanding I needed it for myself and this is what I need to do so yeah yeah (laughs) so do you feel like you were destined to come and be a channel that this is your life's purpose I feel mm, I do but I also want to be careful about saying that because I also feel like I am an embodied artist. Yeah. I, I am inspired by like the most mundane things and since I was young and I didn't understand why. Like I what? Thought, mm, let's see. I was told another thing that helped my parents allow me to be a channel without like saying, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Is, uh, when I was young, like when I was two to three years old, I would just be talking to myself, like playing around and like playing phone by myself. And um, just, I just have, I'm never bored. <laughs> I, and I, even when I'm not doing anything, I just feel like I'm connected. I, when I was young also, I felt like I was connected with the Holy Spirit. Like I, even if I don't, pray or talk I I felt like there was this inner being speaking with me Mm. and so when I think of my like in hindsight with the perspective I have as a channel I feel like I've always been an artist just embodying what I am thinking and feeling and trying to be the most authentic I can and holding that integrity of doing so and in doing so it's not being uh, like egotistical saying oh I'm the best I could do this 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 it's like being in integrity what comes through for me and then I notice that if I do that the more I be that and allow that to come through others are inspired to do not what I'm doing but to be themselves more I know yes yeah. that's so powerful well that's what being in, you know, a, a example of alignment is, or an example of authenticity. And really all this work is, is getting us to realize that we've always been whole and worthy and unique and, uh, and good enough that to be us. And when we can be authentically us and unashamed of being us and not needing other people to see us for who we are, because they never will, um, and not fearing the rejection, just going forward and being you, then you become highly effective and things really start working on all levels. Not, not in the way you would think, oh, I'm going to be rich or I'm going to be famous right. or I'm going to be this and that, but you're going to be 
allowing really incredibly powerful ideas to come through you, you know, and acting on those things. And when you do, it's just amazing. Yeah. And it accelerates. Yeah, like now, I'm talking to Gary on this podcast. <laughs> do you have fears? What are your fears? My fears. So my trauma that I have been working through is abandonment. Yeah, I have that too. Yeah. How are you abandoned? Well, the most, the most recent, I would say, that really shattered me was the breakup from uh-huh. two years ago. Um, it's because it came from a context of the heartbreak came from a context of I was in integrity with loving my partner. Mm-hmm much as I can if I saw a need I would be there and I sacrificed my well-being for that Mm. and I I didn't see that but in hindsight I do but um in that context this this partner just moved out and left and their family deact uh defriended me on Uh Facebook and there was no closure and we've known we've known each other for so long and we were family we're practically family we've been together for like five years and so for that, it kind of hurt me. I'm like, okay, if I'm being in integrity with my relationships and loving them unconditionally, which I recognize now is conditional because yeah. I'm just, there's an attachment. Yeah. But um, if I am honestly myself to myself and those around me and I'm loving and I'm caring, but people can still hurt me, then what's the point? What's the train of thought? But yeah i recognize everything happens for a reason and for me yeah it's a lesson and it was a lesson of attachment that mm-hmm. i had attachment and it was so yeah. yeah so working through that how about when you were a kid were you ever abandoned when you were, when you were a kid where were you born i was born in a city a little north of los angeles called uh-huh. la crescenta here in california okay mm-hmm. and so were you, did you have any experiences of abandonment as a young child? No. I didn't think that I did either. I was born in Johannesburg. Okay. And when we were two, we moved, right? Okay. Um, and on that trip from South, South Africa to Canada, I got German measles and almost died in London. The, off the boat, I go to the hospital in London and I'm there for a couple of weeks and then go to uh, Vancouver and then I have issues as a child and I have these this weird issues as a child that I didn't realize what that was. Then I had a friend do a like a heart math, something like that where she did muscle testing and she said you were abandoned when you were two what happened there you know you suffered a great loss well two was when i moved well in south africa all the babies have nannies and so i lost my nanny I, who who from my perspective as a two-year-old was my mother right so i was take forcibly taken from my mother and in that understanding as a two-year-old you know that carried forward into so many different levels of abandonment and that play of losing people, you know, and rejection and that sort of thing. Uh, And the big fear of loss that until I realized that I couldn't, I couldn't figure this out. And once I realized it, it was like, Oh my God, that was just this thing that happened that caused this trajectory. Plus all these other things that happened in my childhood that set me on this trajectory where I was going to face abandonment over and over again until I realized that I could never be abandoned, right? Until I realized it was never abandonment ever. It was just the illusion of abandonment. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I suppose I have to do more investigating that. You, you know, <laughs> you get it <laughs> when that. you're ready to get it. So I wasn't ready to get it until huh. earlier this year, maybe. Oh, wow. It really set me free once I, once wow. I realized that. But, you know, from my parents' perspective, it's like, yeah, that's just someone we hire to take care of you. It's not, it's not, a, it's not a part of your life. 
but of course it is, especially vibrationally. This, this woman entered my reality to take care of me for those two years. Mm -hmm. And we had this eternal connection that mm -hmm. was purposely severed so that I could have this series of experiences that would allow me to go on this journey of self-discovery to get to where I am now. And without that, you know, and all the stuff that happened in my childhood from that, um, I would never be here now because that's, you know, things that happened in my childhood, I thought that I was weird and that I was, something was wrong with me. And, and then that's, which wasn't true, but I just thought that way and developed those beliefs and then had to prove myself as worthy mm. by going to college and starting businesses and making money and that sort of thing, you know? Mm. <laughs> because if you yeah. look at my, my life from the outside, my parents and, uh, and where we lived, and, and how I was raised, there were no issues of unworthiness. Mm. I was treated as worthy by, as, as worthy as anyone else by my family. And somehow I had to get that somehow belief there's something wrong with me in order to overcome that by changing my conditions and then realizing you don't overcome those limiting beliefs by changing the conditions, you have to process them internally. Mm. Oh. Wow. yeah it's like it gets deep in this stuff yeah wow. yeah so <laughs> how did you end up meeting justin art of art of synchronicity uh -huh. so uh, before that i also want to share because it came up yeah my biggest fear is being misunderstood okay so you want people to understand you and agree with, with you not agree with me but just uh, I think that's why I'm so adamant also since a young age, like um, being in integrity, being in integrity is such a big thing. And I've been told I overcompensate that word. What does that, that word mean to you? Integrity. Yeah. Being myself. Is being it does, yeah. Or does it mean accepting yourself? Or does it mean doing what you say you're going to do? It means when I feel upset, I can say, I'm upset. Ah. <laughs> it, means, it means if uh, I am inspired to do something, I just do it as my vision. Yeah. And not, I feel like there's this inner vision I need to share. So that is authenticity. And yes. then when you get to that level of authenticity, then you can share that vision. Because you don't have to worry about rejection. Right. Yeah. I just I just do it. I just, it's, yeah. Do you know what it is that you have to share? Well, it, so it's different expressions of how I feel reality. Mm -hmm. And there's something so delicious about being able to even articulate that, whether it's through video or through yeah. my voice or through music or through poetry. Yeah. And, it's something I have to do. And um, yeah, so I just wanted to share that because that's a big one. I've, yeah. I've misunder misunderstood so much when I was yeah. young. And I, I was actually mute for uh, when I was in first grade. Oh. I was mute and nobody could, um, nobody could get me to talk when I was in first grade. Yeah, so, wow. and I didn't have a need to talk. I didn't want to talk because I was always misunderstood. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, well, but there was that belief. Sure, mm. because the fear of being misunderstood, why would you put yourself out there mm. if you're just gonna be misunderstood? Or even, you know, as, a, as being in first grade, not even listened to anyway, you know, especially, right. yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so now you want to express yourself oh, yes. authentically. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. All right, so is there a fear of expressing yourself authentically? No. Not at all. Really? Okay. Yeah, I have, whether it's through dance or through my writing or through channeling, I just, I just allow. Yeah. So you're not afraid of being rejected oh, or, no. or saying, who are you trying to be or any of that? No, not at all. That's great. Such a yeah. delicious experience being yeah. in this. It's been this, to this potency, it's only been like, I would say like three months. Mm-hmm. Or there's no second 
thought about should I do this? Should I not? I just go. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just I'll just do it, yeah. and I'll just share it. Might as well. Yeah. Which has right. okay. So that brings me to the uh, response to your question of how I know Justin. So for those of you that are not familiar with Justin, Justin Land is a podcast host, a philosopher, and he brings guests on who are mm, doing interesting things in their life related to spirituality. <laughs> so I happened to see Justin's Philosophy podcast on Tyler El- uh, Ellison, right? Tyler Ellison, uh-huh. who channels Ryoku. Yep. And who uh, Ryoku is of the, if I'm correct, uh, Sasani right. civilization. Yep. Uh, extraterrestrial um, intelligence consciousness. Like, like Bashar. And, yes. Yeah. And Bashar. And I got to know of Bashar. Okay, this brings me to how I know Bashar and how I got into all the consciousness stuff. Okay, so summer of 2019, I reconnected with my with my friend from high school that I wasn't in touch with for 10 years. Uh, but he reached out and he's very well-versed in Bashar and um, of the, the hybrid agenda and all that extraterrestrial agenda information. And he was very, very excited to share with me Bashar's channelings, the videos. Yeah. It's the bald man on the stage somewhere in Los Angeles. And he gets into a meditative state with his hands clasped into a triangle. And he get, gets into a meditative state and he channels an entity called Bashar. And when I first watched like the 10 minute clip that he showed me, I was so fascinated, not by what he was saying, but how he was articulating the information. Yeah. There was no um. It was so precise. It was very delicious. It was very like rhythmic. There was a cadence. It was delicious. And I'm like, how is this person talking? This can't be scripted. He's not acting. This is, there's something there. (laughs) And so that was last summer. So fast forward to, I believe earlier this February, when I started channeling the Akashic Records um, or learning how to channel the Akashic Records. um, I also got to learn of Tyler who channels Ryoku. Right, very similar. Yeah, and yeah. so my friend Jay Wan, he's very well known in this community. Um, he shared with me Tyler's meditation on how to meditate on your crystalline body to activate it. And that was so powerful for me because I do breath work, but I haven't visualized or had the context of doing breath work, visualizing and feeling our bodies as crystalline bodies like as a crystal so i was really into tyler and somehow on facebook i saw justin's podcast of tyler and tyler was um, sharing his channeling journey like how he got into channeling so i'm like it was like an hour and a half long or something and it was like four in the morning i think my time that i happened to watch it and i watched the whole thing and I just resonated with the way Justin asked the questions. He asked questions that I would like to ask. Like ah. when you started channeling um, as like for fun, like how did you even get to that point? And he, and how Tyler shared it was he just, for fun, he just, he just put his hands together into a triangle like Bashar or as uh, Daryl yeah. would do the yeah. channel of Bashar. And he just, one day he just, he just started talking like Bashar (laughs) and something came through. And so that's why he knew there was something there and he explored it. And that's kind of how, what happened to me too. Yeah. Teaching yourself how to channel. Right. It's like allowing that intention to be there, to just be a pure vessel and see what comes through and just allowing yourself without any beliefs of I'm this is not me. Like I shouldn't be doing this. Just playing. Right. Just playing. <laughs> and it's all about gauging the awareness. How are we doing on time? Are we good? Yeah. We can go for as long as we want. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, okay. So finally the, the answer. So after watching that, I uh, messaged him and I also commented on the video sharing how much I appreciated hearing Tyler's journey. And I really appreciated Justin's question. And that it was really helping me during the time. 
because I was, I was in the onset of entering this, this space of uh, channeling. And so, uh, yeah, so then after that, we just became good friends because we kept talking, talking, talking. And then he invited me on his Philosophy show. And, and then uh, it's been months. And now uh, we've been talking about living an authentic life and then how there's this December 21st event coming up and there's this uh, heightened energy of unveilings and more people being more perceptive to the channeling and we wanted to bring everything together and see how channels live an authentic life and how they have merged their channeling personality energy with their human. Right. Yeah. That's working out. So <laughs> that's how we've connected. Here that's we great. are. Yeah, that should be fun. Yeah. Um, it's funny, too, because it's on December, Saturday, December 19th and yes. Sunday, December 20th. And then on Monday, it's um, 12, 21, 2020. Mm-hmm. which is the winter solstice and the ally, the um, merging of what Saturn and Venus is that or Jupiter. Um, I think there's three planets. Yeah. So it's going to yeah. be, and, and now they're saying that that might, might've been the Christmas star that was there, ah. you know, and, and it hasn't happened since 1200, which, which after 1200 was uh-huh. really coming out of the dark ages into the Renaissance. You know, mm-hmm. I was looking at that saying, what is this? This alignment of planets that's so rare, did it, it happened 800 years ago, and did it spark some new thing going on on Earth? And the Dark Ages was from 1500 to 1200. And then the Renaissance started, you know, 12th century, 13th century, 14th century, 15th century after that. So this this day is going to be a very powerful day and it's going to bring into a lot of energy that we're going to be able to access to go to different levels of awareness, which is super exciting. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> have you got, have you got, yeah, yes. it's a portal. So have you, so where do you see humanity going in next year and the years to follow? Have you gotten into any of that? I haven't set the intention to ask about like that, like that version of future, but in the moments where I was asked, how is the collective doing or how is humanity doing? We are on the optimal timeline because there are more people that are allowing and there are so many more. uh, There's also this relationship with the sun. So the, uh, the solar fair, the solar flares, as they would say, there is, so we're all preparing to receive more of the, receive more, being able to receive more from the solar flare instead of like exploding because our body can't handle it. So there are so many light workers right now working to allow people to be prepared for that. Yeah. And so, uh, but in terms of, mm, I've always been told or shared that we are on the optimal timeline. Yeah. So that's been very, <laughs> very apparent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and shared. With me, so. It was so funny. We had a group call with Justin and maybe David Strickle. Okay. I forgot who was on the call. Maybe it was Tyler. And we're all talking about how it's going to be. We're going to do the event on Saturday, the 20th and Sunday, the 21st. Right. This is all in our minds. It's Saturday the 20th and Sunday the 21st. And I'm looking at my calendar and all of a sudden my calendar says it's the 19th and the 20th. And we're like, what happened there? We all knew it was Saturday the 20th. And so we're looking, did did we think of the, of the the 2021 or 2019? How did we get those wrong dates? It's like, it felt like we just popped into a different timeline. You know, (laughs) it was so weird. Wow, like, so powerful, how fun. The four of us are like, no, we all knew that that was the date. And, we're, and Justin's like, come on, because that was the date that was in the flyer, you know? Ah, and, and it was even in the flyer. We're all accepting that those are the dates. And here we are on this call. And now it's, no, no, no that's the 19th and 20th, not the 20th and 21st. So there's something going on there. I think it's going to be exciting and fun. And yeah, yeah. There's, there's exciting 
you know, synchronicities of all types and the flood of new people who are finding this podcast and the Joshua Live podcast and are getting into law of attraction, you know, and, and the followers of Abraham have just exploded through the roof, especially in other countries. Mm. I went to my first Abraham, maybe it was 2010 or 11. And there were, you know, 300 people there. There were, they were all Americans except for one woman from England. And she was uh, like 30 years old. She worked for MI5, the, you know, secret service of, of, you know, the James Bond kind of thing. And she's like, if I had told anyone I know that I was here, they would have laughed me out of the country, right? They'd call me crazy. And now I see there's so many people in England. England is number two. And, you know, there always was Canada and Australia and New Zealand, but England, then uh, Norway, Sweden, all that area, and France, people, in, you know, we have a boot camp that Joshua does that people are teaching in French because there's so many French people coming in to all of this as well. So it's really exploding. And, uh, and so much has happened in the last 10 years. So I think this is, you know, this is just the evolution of all this. New channels coming up are each unique. We each have a different thing to say and people resonate with us differently. So we have our followings and then people you know, can sample everyone else and resonate with whatever that, those teachings are too. But they all are very consistent and in agreement on, I've never found anything that was out of agreement. In fact, this is going to be an interesting channel panel because there'll be four channels on Saturday. Mm-hmm. all reacting or answering questions from a live audience and then three on Sunday. Uh, was it a couple of years ago, um, Dave, Dave Strickle and I were on a law of attraction cruise and we oh, did a dual channeling. So there was two of us on stage and then mm-hmm. one person would come in the hot seat and ask their question. And then Joshua would answer the question. Then the stream would answer the question and the next person would come up and the stream would answer and Joshua. And we, and people were like loving it because they had two different perspectives on the same question that were in totally agreement, but allowed you to see the answer in a different and more nuanced way. So it really added to the whole perspective of it. It was very cool. Beautiful. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. You'll see. Yeah. Mm, yes, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Great. Um, okay. So uh, are you inspired to write books or anything? I am. I am. I'm inspired to write a book recent. So I've always wanted to write a book on my life, <laughs> but the, the most recent inspiration of a book would be how from like a fresh perspective of an outsider becoming an insider of all this. Yeah. The channeling and the, the extraterrestrial, like how do we even understand our relevancy to that? And I want to write about that because I also um, love the approach of anthropology where anthropology is a study of um, process and of um, the, like when someone writes an anthropological study, you're writing from a perspective, like stating what perspective you are writing from and doing Uh the observation from. So I love capturing process and so i want to share how from an outside perspective you can become an insider yeah or you are always the insider but bridging that so i want yeah. to write a book on that <laughs> which would be going on a journey of self-discovery from right. where you are in a limited belief system about who you are and then going through these experiences that, that alter that belief system so that you realize that you can channel, you can do anything you can think, think of, you've always been able to, and the only thing that was limiting you were these limiting beliefs that were never true. And so if anyone has an interest in channeling, they can do it. All they need is the interest. We have our course, it's called the unlimited abundance bootcamp. And we've had about 200 people go through that. And I would say about 50 people have become full on channels in that. And 
120 of them have been able to do you know, automatic writing and channel their inner cells and get their answers to their questions very easily, you know? So it's, it's like, this can't be a random thing. It can't be a special gift for special people. It's like vision. You, if you can see, you can channel, you know, it's like a inner sense, Ooh, it's like a non-physical sense. The, the issue that people have is that when they have these insights or these conversations, they just think they're talking to themselves, which isn't true. You are talking to some other thing, whether it's your inner self or your guides or source or some entity. And you, and it sounds like for me, it's, it sounds like my, my thoughts because they are my thoughts because they've always been my thoughts. Right. And I had to go through this journey of saying, what, is this, is this bullshit? Is this, you know, is this a bunch of crap? Am I all making it up to understanding that I don't have to control any of this and I'll just let it be what it is. I don't even have to define it. You know, it, it's nice that we have the name Joshua, but that is changing every time I channel anyway, that, that whatever that source of, of intelligence is, it's always changing because who's ever in the audience adds to Joshua, you know, and becomes part of that intelligence. And that's always been that way. So the, so Joshua is not a finite structure like a, like Jay-Z Knight. Uh, do you, have you watched Jay-Z Knight? Do you know who that is? Jay-Z Knight. No. Okay. So she was pretty famous in the eighties and nineties and two thousands. And she channels Ramtha and you should check it out. Um, it, just a, it was an incredible story. There's some small videos on YouTube. And here she comes out as a Atlantean warrior, Ramtha, speaking as a warrior, doing a lot of the hand gestures that I do. Not the same ones, but Joshua is a lot of hand gestures. Like, this is source. This is fear consciousness. You know, there, this is alignment. It's like... Oh. It's like, this is, so these hand, and, and she comes very eloquent, very strong, very masculine. She's this beautiful woman. Uh, she was on the, the Merv Griffin show and things like that in the eighties. So it's like, we never even saw her. How did we miss this? You know, because we weren't a, a match to it. Now more people are becoming a match to it. So this has been ongoing for quite a while now, preparing us all to be more and more receptive to the idea of channeling so that when we become a channel, we're not so uh, freaked out by it. You know, it's not that weird. And my whole life was about being as normal as possible, right? I wanted to be as normal as possible because I thought I was abnormal. And here I am channeling. And, and up until that point, I thought that, that Esther was the only channel. And so as soon as I started channeling, I started looking for other people and I found Bashar and all these others, you know. Um, and since then, channeling Joshua, all these other channels have come out of that as well. So it's pretty amazing, this, this whole energy of building more and more channels and, and interviewing more channels and getting people out there and seeing what this really is. This is this wave of intelligence that's coming through. And it's getting more and more mainstream, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you've been in, you've been, you've been exploring, or you've been in this for more than ten years. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, I lost everything in two thousand seven, mm. and in the in the crash, and then right after that, Deborah Joe, our very good friend, gave my wife Lily and I the secret. And we got really into the secret, right? So this opened up something. And then we had listened to the secret like 10 times. And so Lily goes into our own library and she pulls out Ask and it is Given that we had bought or she had bought years before and had listened to it before, but didn't resonate with it at the time. Now we were ready to hear it. And so we got totally into that. And then we booked our first workshop in Asheville. And from there, everything started to change. 
So, but, but until 2013, I was just like, this is fun stuff. I'm just using this stuff, this live attraction stuff to make money, get my money back. Then I started channeling and I didn't really tell anyone about it. Oh. I wrote this first book, Perception Reality. Oh. It's 300 pages, half an hour a day in eight weeks, right? And then the day after that was written, Health, Wealth and Love was written. And then the Joshua Diet was written. Oh and my then God. A, radical, a Radical Change was written, right? And it's like, okay, that's not a coincidence, <laughs> you know? And these books are like, you know, they started selling and they're amazing books. And, uh, and then there's another book called An Authentic Life, which ah. is the last book. Yeah. So, so all this stuff happened and I had to go from thinking I'm weird as a channel to now in uh, December 9th, 2020, accepting me fully as a channel right? That this is who I am. Uh, but I didn't even post anything about Joshua on my personal Facebook until last summer, until summer of 2019, right? Imagine that being so afraid of what my friends would think, right? Now I post it all the time. Oh my God. So so talk about going from inauthenticity to Mm -hmm. more authenticity that's what this journey is. And when you get on that journey, then you start having these experiences that you could never have had before because they couldn't have come to you. You know, if, unless you're being authentic, you're, you're not going to get the experiences that resonate with authenticity. Right. If you're exploring inauthenticity or exploring fear or doubt or those things, you're going to get experiences that match that. You know, so it's really taking this leap of faith that you can be your authentic self and still have people love you. You know, it's the fear that if I let everyone know who I am, they're never going to love me. Right. And mm-hmm. so this is that's the grand illusion. You know? yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh my God. <laughs> well, this has been so exciting talking to you and I can't wait till we get together on uh, December 19th and 20th. Tell everyone the best way to find you. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in in this flow with Gary. <laughs> Thank you. I had so much fun. Um, you guys could find me. Um, my website is jenniferwan.com or you could find me on Instagram um, at jen underscore Wan, or you could find my YouTube channel where I share my inner vision through video um, on youtube.com slash Jennifer Smiles. Oh, great. And I've watched a couple of your of your uh, channeling. Do you always keep your eyes closed or do you ever open them? Since three weeks ago, I now open them and ah. I can maintain that. So there is something ah. changing and shifting. It's always yeah. evolved, but um, yeah. <laughs> Did you start speaking right away? Because I didn't speak for three years until I was hypnotized. Um, it was uh, all writing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I started speaking it out. Um, like the explosion part, you mean? Yeah. Like exploding speaking? Well, I couldn't even speak. I was just, I was just right. I never thought that I would be a speaking channel. I always thought it'd be a, a writing channel. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, the explode, me even being able to speak out was, um, Three months after, uh-huh. um, but then after that, um, I I went to a uh, I went to Sedona, California, Sedona, Arizona, yeah, Sedona, yeah. Um, for uh, so Tyler and Tyler's dear friend, um, Gita, um, Gita channels Bella, um, she's from the Yael civilization. Um, they did a hybrid dream camp, and so my partner and I, Jay Wan, we went to Sedona to have that retreat. It was a virtual retreat. And that's when I started exploding vocal channeling. Wow. It was so, it felt like my face is like being pushed outward. And I felt like my heart was so open and I'm just like exploding and I sound different. I sound like a general. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) that's when it started. That was, um, I think it was in end of July, I think. That's quick. Early August? Wow. I, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> but it's yeah. fun to watch. Great. Okay. Well, thanks again for being on. 
We'll see each other soon and we'll do more of these in the future. Okay. And if everyone, everyone wants to find Joshua, it's the teachings of Joshua.com. The other podcast where I channel Joshua is called Joshua Live. Uh, we also have a Facebook group called Friends of Joshua. And um, let's see, that's about it. There's probably uh, other things going on. Oh, yes, we have uh, a retreat in Orlando in the end of February where we rented two mansions right, right near each other. And so we all stayed together so we don't have to worry about going out or doing anything. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And if you want to contact me, just email me at garybodley at gmail.com. Thanks again for being here. Bye, Jennifer. Say goodbye to everyone. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Love you so much.